Welcome to episode 49. Today's guest comes to us from Palm Springs, California. His name is Brent Scarpo. Brent is an intuitive life coach specializing in high school, college, and millennials. Brent has worked in this arena for over 30 years. His program, Millennials Are Amazing, transforms careers and relationships into a get-busy-living mindset. Brent has presented speaking programs in all 50 states as well as 20 foreign countries. His programs have been presented at corporations, colleges, universities, schools, community events, and conferences to a growing audience of over 2 million souls, having received over 100 awards. In 2010, Brent also won the Today's Show Writing Contest Everyone Has a Story, where his story, The Red Balloon, was chosen out of 100,000 of entries. It was one of today's show's top stories. Katie Lee Gifford said, this was our favorite story and we saved the best for last. And so, Brent is also releasing the book that was based that story, The Red Balloon, The Red Balloon and Other Inspirational Stories. And this book is coming out on Mother's Day in 2022. And the reason why we have a brand today uh, sharing with us is because he grew up in a single parent household back in the 60s and life was way different back then. So listen in, get inspired, and thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Be the messenger of hope and share this episode with three of your friends. Enjoy. How would you like to master your mind to transform your life, overcome anxiety, trauma, doubt, and suffering, to win daily and enjoy a life of confidence, peace, and freedom? This is your unique opportunity to work directly one-on-one with me in a breakthrough coaching. If you are interested, you can check out the link below and schedule your 45-minute discovery session to see if we are a fit. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest comes to us from Palm Springs, California. He's Brent Scarpo, and he is specializing in high school, college, and millennials. Brent has worked in his arena for over 30 years. His program, Millennials Are Amazing, transforms careers and relationships into a get-busy-living mindset. Using this, his 10 Shoshank Life Coaching Sessions, clients experience a freedom like Tim Robbins' character Andy Dufresne when he broke out of prison. But the reason why Brent is here today, because not only to his amazing past and his amazing experience, what he did, but he's also has been raised in a single parent household. And we're going to talk about that as a bit as well during our conversation today. So welcome, Brent. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you for a ha- and happy new year and 2022 and what a great time to have a podcast. You know, I love the fact that uh, 
you know, the New Year's for a variety of reasons. Some people use it to party. Some people, you know, there's many reasons. But I think, you know, if we can really look at where we've been, where we're at, and where we're going, and use this time to be able to answer those three questions, then we're, we're, we're doing good. Totally, totally, totally get you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> totally busy, because always like being present, being in the now, and oh. like seeing and, you know, because in the now we can create our future, not worrying yeah. about it, but being here today. Absolutely, absolutely. As a life coach, and I, I appreciate the introduction, um, I've often, and I've, you know, I've been investing in myself since I was 13 years old. I, I'm always, for whatever reason, I've always, I wake up every morning and I say to myself, what can I do today to create a better version of myself? That's what I wake up every morning to. I shout it out. I say, what can I do today to make a better version of myself? So I put out that affirmation first thing in the morning, which allows, you know, whether we're single parents, whether we're parents, children, bosses, CEOs, podcasts, whatever, it allows the universe to respond to what it is that you requested. And I often say to my clients, you know, when I first have, um, I meet with my clients. I said, are you a past, present, or future person? They're like, well, I don't understand what you mean. I said, well, think about the last week. Where have a vast majority of your thoughts been? Have they been in the past, the present, or the future? And then they share with me. And we know through great study that if you're more of a past person than those who reside in the past, you're usually residing in pain and depression and trauma that has not been dealt with. If you're a future person, that causes a great deal of anxiety. But to your point, the present is for what, well, for a variety of reasons, it's the most difficult place to be present in, right? But that's where joy is. That's where contentment is. That's where creation happens, right? But so many people fear being in this moment in time. And I would gently suggest to you that uh, I just spoke to a friend of mine about this yesterday, that that's what the coronavirus was about, right? No, I can't think of another time in our history where we are forced to live in the present moment, right? I have a friends of mine and... Um, my one friend called me, it was about, oh, six, seven months into the, into the lockdown. And he's been married for many, over 17 years, right? Lovely wife, uh, two children, right? And about six, seven months, he calls, he said, um, you're a life coach. I said, yeah, I need your help. I said, what's wrong? He said, I don't recognize my wife. I said, what are you talking about? You've known her for 17 years. He said, not this person. What was he referring to? He both of them were remote workers. They had to be shut into their living room. And all of a sudden, moms, dads, children, husbands, partners, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, for the first time in God knows how many years, people actually were introduced to their real wife, their real husband, their real boyfriend and girlfriend. Their real, he would call, I don't even know who my children are. I don't know who these two things are. Who are they? Right. And I said, that's because you're living in the present moment with them. You actually have to live with exactly what's coming up for them. And that's where you want to be. Totally. It's like you get to see a, a different side of those people because usually we all at work and we come home, maybe you have dinner and then you go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I would suggest that you get to see the real side, the authentic side, the transparent right. side. Because to your point, you know, the work, 
the Boy Scouts, the soccer mom, all that stuff, all that does is just distract us from the essence of who we are as human beings, right? We talk about single parents. Single parents have the most, if there's one group, if there's one group of people that my heart broke for during the COVID virus uh, and continues to do so, I mean, look here in Chicago, Chicago just decided that they're going to do remote learning. So all these parents now have to scramble trying to find babysitters because so many of us are going back to work. And these poor single parents, I shared with you earlier, you know, I, in the beginning of this, I have a friend of mine, she's a single parent, she's got three kids. And within 48 hours, she lost all three of her jobs, right? One was a cocktail waitress at a bar in the evening. One was a waitress during the day at a restaurant. And then she did their accounting. Well, that's all restaurant. So she literally lost all three jobs in 48 hours. And, you know, there was nobody else to rely on in terms of for a paycheck because single parents don't have that uh, or typically don't have that other paycheck unless they were hopefully and what my mom, I think, did in the 60s is set the foundation for getting, you know, uh, child support from whomever, be it the, uh, the mother or be it the father, so that we have the, that support for those children. But they're the ones that really, I think, have struggled. Not that others haven't, but, you know, if you're a single parent and, you know, my, as my one friend said, she's like, I have three kids and two computers. What do I do? Right? <laughs> one computer got to be for her to find a job. The other computer, and, and she has a kindergartner, a third grade and a seventh grader. Oh, wow. And they all went to remote learning. So, you know, single parents, I adore you. I was raised by a single parent uh, when I was four years old. Uh, as I say many times in my speeches and my public speaking, my father made a choice. And the choice was this uh, Do I want to love alcohol or do I want to love my wife? Do I want to love alcohol or do I want to love my family? Do I want to love alcohol? Or do I want to love my son, Brent? And my father chose alcohol over all of us. And I know a lot of you listening out there can understand what it is that I went through. And, you know, this was back in the late 60s. So a whole different era for single parents at that time, because there really weren't a lot of wonderful um, resources as there are now, though I think we still can do better. Um, But my mom laid the groundwork for it. And so my mom, being the responsible single parent, mother that she was uprooted three children moved to Pennsylvania and we end up living in an extended family with mm-hmm. her parents and or my grandparents so on a lot of levels my mom had help because my grandparents were there for us but it is you know it is a challenging job being a single parent and um I uh I love single parents. I love single moms. Uh, as I shared with you, I have a book that's coming out this 2022 called The Red Balloon, Transforming mm-hmm. Your Life, One Inspirational Story at a Time. And, you know, single parents, uh, again, it's it, the resources are there. Um, I always employ all my single parents to, to see what resources are available, much more so than when my mom was raising us. Mm-hmm. Wow. What was it like, you know, growing up in, in the 60s? You know, it's, it's, you know, every generation is funny, you know, I'm at the age now where, and I work with the young people, I've spoken to 1.6 million young people, I've educated K all the way through college, hundreds of times. Uh, I speak, you know, for corporations. And so, you know, every generation has the ability to 
have to deal with the current issues that are going on. And then what we hope happens is that we can pass on the knowledge of what it is that we went through onto the next. So be it the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, here we are in the 2000s. So, you know, sadly, you know, now that I think about it, you know, when I was, when my parents divorced and I lived in California and then I moved to California the, or uh, Pennsylvania, the following year I started uh, first grade. And uh, small town, Warren, Pennsylvania, we have, you know, maybe, well, now we don't, but one high school, one middle school and various elementary schools. And um, I remember being in first grade and Mrs. Churchill, I still see her to this day, rest her soul, was my teacher. And there were 32 students in my class in first grade. And then across the hall was another 30 students, 32 <laughs> students. Um, I discovered quite by accident that I was the only child out of those 32 students that came from a divorced family. Oh, wow. This was 1968, 69, right? So think about the statistics, shall we? 32 kids and I'm the only divorced parent. Every other child had a mom and had a dad. And the way I discovered this was completely by accident, right? I right. knew that there was a father in my life because I knew who he was. I knew we left him, but I don't know why or where or what for. And I remember the first day of school, first grade, Mrs. Churchill said, okay, let's go around the room and get to know each other. Yay, right? And let me preface that I'm the oldest of three children. So nobody had gone to school before. There was no role model ahead of me saying, oh, this is what you do. I was it. I was the guinea pig. And so back then, Mrs. Churchill, you know, put our desks together all alphabetically. Well, my last name is Scarpo, S. And so, I, so funny. So she started with Linda Abbott. I still see her. Linda Abbott was A, what does your father do for a living? And I cringed. I was like, I don't even know where my father is, let alone what he does for a living. And then it went A, B, C, F, G, H, you know, K, M, <laughs> P. And as it was getting to me, I was sweating. I was oh. freaking out trying to figure out how am I going to answer this question? I don't even know where my father is. My mother is the only one raising us. I live in Warren, Pennsylvania, where it's cold. When I left less than two, two weeks ago, it was sunny. And then all of a sudden I heard, Brent, what does your father do? And for whatever reason, I blurted out, he's a garbage man. And I remember looking at Mrs. Churchill. And I'm an intuitive life coach, and I've had these abilities since I was about six years old, though I didn't, you know, quite understand them until, you know, 10, 15 years or so ago. And I saw her see me, and I saw her back, and I saw the pain in her eyes, and I saw her say to me, I'm so sorry, I forgot. I forgot that you come from a single parent household. And that all happened within four or five seconds. And then she moved on to the person behind me. And so I would say, you know, whenever you are unique and different in a way that goes against the norm, there's always challenges, right? Um, whether you're somebody that comes from a different country and you're plopped here in the United States, whether you come from a divorced family and now you're recognized as a single parent, whether you identify as being gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, or questioning, the minute you go outside of what I call uh, white people, 
here, at least in the United States, because that supposedly is the norm, then you end up having challenges, right? And so, yeah, it, there was a lot of questions. There was a lot of mental health challenges that I faced. And I don't mean mental health as in, you know, I was suffering from depression. We all have mental health. Just note to your, to, to your listeners, for right. those of you who don't think you don't have mental health, guess what? You do, <laughs> right? I always people, I, I love when people say, well, you know, I'm dealing with my mental health and people's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, yeah, no. It's like, you know, you have mental health. So if you lose a loved one or your mom and father pass away or somebody that your mental health is what's affected. So I love when people don't think they have mental health. So, yeah, you know, trying to recognize why do I come from a single parent? Why am I only one of 32 kids? And then interestingly enough, as we got through elementary and middle and high school and I graduated in 1980, now. I dare you to walk into an elementary first grade and see how many of those students actually come from a nuclear family where it is one father and one mother. The statistics are off the charts, right? In terms of divorce and single parenting. And you know, the other part too, lest we forget, is the definition of the family has changed a great deal you know now with gay marriage being a law here in the united states you know you've got the two dads and the two moms and now and i know a few now you have the two dads and the two moms and they got divorced so now you have a single parent who identifies as being gay who's raising the two children or you have a single uh, uh parent who's a woman or a man so it is interesting since my mother got divorced and i was the only divorced child of 32 first graders, just how much we've changed since that time, not only in the rate of divorce, but also the definition of what a family and a single parent actually is. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like the time flies and the changes that we see is like total, yeah, total opposite. Yeah, my mother had a great saying that I, I constantly remind myself. She, and, and, and I think it's also why people are having such a difficult time. She said, the most constant entity in the world is it's change. change. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that is always present and the life is changing. Guaranteed. I guarantee you, Irina, tomorrow is going to be different than today. Oh, and an hour you. from now is going to be different from now. Right? A month from now is going to be different from this month. Like that, there's nothing, you cannot stop time. I don't care who you are. Totally. Knowing what you know now, what were, did you notice, was there anything missing in your life, you know, growing up in a single uh, parent? Yeah, I think, you know, well. well I'm, other than the death, obviously. Missing, yeah, but. no, no, no. But I think, I think what we tend to forget, even in, in 2022, even if, in fact, the vast majority of children now come from divorced parents versus those that come from non-divorced parents uh, that identify a single parent, the thing that I don't want us to miss during this podcast is that no matter what year, 65, 72, 89, 93, 2022, the pain is still the same, right? I've talked to many a divorce uh, kids who come from divorced parents, right? And so that child in 2022 who longs for, you know, more time with his father or more time with the mother or the mother and father, sadly, 
this is and this is the worst thing that can be done in a divorce is using the children as the pawns uh, in the divorce. You know, I felt a lot of pain not knowing who my father was and what questions are and where was he and did he abandon me and was there something that I did wrong and so on and so forth. Um, I think those feelings are the same in 2022. You know, whether you're a child of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, when you have a loss, when all of a sudden there is a mom and dad, right? And now they're gone. Less, you know, well, even, even like I was reading some stories recently where um, a mom had COVID and she was pregnant and she gave birth and she died during the pregnancy. The child was fine, but she passed. Now the child will never know its mother, but at some point in time, right? The memory of that mother, all the pictures will still be shown to that child and that child will still have a sense of loss. So for me, for this particular podcast, I think as single parents is to recognize that that pain is going to be the same no matter what. I felt it in the 60s. Um, I would say one of the things that's changed, right? Because I, I love to think that things change. I, I haven't, this, this, this story is actually in my book. So you're actually getting a free preview of the book. Like I, I forgot that this happened, but I remember, you know, and to bring it to, to this podcast, as a single parent, your job to me, especially if you have children, is really to raise those kids. You know, the minute you're a parent, right? And have children, you're, your life changes dramatically, right? It is supposed to, right, be transforming geared towards the raising of that child. So all the stuff you used to do, the partnering and so on and so forth, that isn't the priority, right? It's not that you can't do that. It's just not the priority, though I see it all the time neglect and children's services coming into homes and so on and so forth because the single parent and or the set of parents are not uh, adhering to the responsibility when it comes to the raising of that child. So, you know, as a single parent, I applaud all those parents that are taking that responsibility very seriously. You know, you want to really look at the resources and create a support group. There, uh, you know, back in the 60s, there just wasn't anything. You know, you didn't have the divorced parents meeting that you could go on to Zoom and sit and have a conversation. My mother was it. Like, I still remember going to the Warren Mall with my mother and she's holding my hands and we're getting new school clothes for the following year. And women would grab their husbands just a little bit tighter. And I, you know, I got to an age where I noticed it and I asked myself, what's going on? And she's like, oh, those women just think I'm gonna steal their husband. Cause my mother was the divorcee, right? The scarlet letter, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 in me being an intuitive, like I could feel it. I could see like people looking at us. You don't have that now. You clearly don't have that now because it's not um, even in the small towns. But I do remember my mother reaching out for support. And I'm not going to say this is indicative of all religions, but it shows when ignorance, lack of knowledge and understanding gets in the way of human compassion. So my mother was a very church-going kind of woman. I mean, she played the piano for Sunday school. She was baptized. She went through her confirmation. She identified as being Lutheran. So when we got back to Pennsylvania, you know, she had to get a job, right? She had no money. She had three kids. You know, we had a roof over our heads thanks to our grandparents, thank God. You know, this is, again, now we're entering the early, late 60s, early 70s. So uh, at the request of my, my uh, 
grandmother, you know, we invite, she invited the pastor of the church to come over to our house, right? That, mm -hmm. that support that she was looking for back then because there really was no support. There were no groups as there is now. The key and the tool is you got to find the support, however you can do it. Now, it's so much easier with the internet than there was. So as years went on, my, um, my mother didn't attend church. Like I did, my grandma would take us and she vehemently just didn't go, which I thought was okay. So one day I asked her, you know, I was a teenager and she said, let me tell you why I don't go to church. And so to the story, mm -hmm. uh, when I was like six or seven or probably around five or six, I was starting first grade. My mother reached out to the church. The pastor came to our house and uh lutheran and uh so i guess they had a conversation you know it was my mother was sharing what happened that my father was an alcoholic that he abandoned us that he didn't pay bills she was a single parent she's the only one of the few single parents in warren pennsylvania she's working two jobs went through this whole litany of which most pastors right counselors clergymen the goal is to listen to have some kind of human compassion this particular pastor, and I know he doesn't represent all. So for all you pastors out there, uh, don't think I think, but I'm talking about what could happen. Mm -hmm. Listen to everything and said to my mother, um, I noticed that you've been coming to church, you know, each Sunday. And my mom goes, yeah, I, I do. You know, it's, it's just where I get my support and it will keep me going. And then he said, I noticed that you haven't been tithing lately. Now, tithing for you listeners is the act of taking money out of your purse and putting it into the bowl or the or the uh, plate as it comes past you each Sunday. It's mm -hmm. what you give to God or to the church. Uh, and my mother says, well, I have no money. Like I literally have no, I have no job, no money. I just started a job working as a, a, a waitress at a restaurant. And this pastor looked at my mother and said, well, until you're able to give something, please don't show up for church. Wow. And I remember my heart broke when my mother shared that story because I, she was such an advocate of the church and, and her relationship to God. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there would be this man, a pastor who's supposed to be consoling you right. and said, please don't come to church unless you can pay. And I asked my mother what she said to him. Now, we can't repeat that here. I'm just going to tell you out front. We just, it's, you know, and my mom is not one of those people that uses that kind of language, but she was so incensed that here's a woman victimized by an alcoholic husband, traveled over 5,000 miles from California to Pennsylvania with three little children, ages newborn, three and four. And is trying to make a life for herself. And he says, until you can come and put some money in the offering plate, don't show up for church. And my mother didn't. She just didn't. And so I think the other thing I think that's important to understand is that for those of you who are listeners that know single parents, be there for them. Reach out to them, right? Ask them, you know, do you ever need a babysitter? Let me know. You know, do, if you ever need... Uh, whatever, you know, that support is so important to single parents in 2022. The blessing is that there's so many opportunities. Um, I don't know if listeners are familiar with this. I give this to my um, 
all my clients really, but especially now, but meetup, meetup.com, uh, M-E-E-T-U-P.com. What an amazing organization, right? It's what saves so many people from being isolated and alone, but meetup.com is this amazing uh, website. Uh, any, I, I, there's so many amazing uh, out of this world groups that you can join is completely free of charge. Uh, I'm telling you, it, it, if you're a single mom that wants to marry a Martian and live on Saturn, I swear to you, there's a group on meetup.com. I'm not kidding you. It's there. It is there. There are some outrageous and cool and funny and great groups. And, you, you know, that's the one thing that COVID could not eradicate, you know, with meetup.com because now they've all gone Zoom. So all those single parents there, I know there's hundreds, if not thousands of single parent organizational groups on meetup.com in every city of every state that you can be a part of. And it's just so great to be able to gather with others that are going through what you're going through. Because literally the thing that my mother felt and that I felt is we're alone. And it's not, that's not hyperbole that no, we were alone. There was nobody else, you know, when you're walking through the mall and you've got women clutching their husbands going, afraid, right? <laughs> you, you, you know, you're alone, you know, you're not alone. Sadly, you know, I wish you were alone, to be honest with you. I wish more parents would take more time to communicate. You know, as a life coach, I do a lot of careers and relationships and, and I appreciate the introduction. I do um, Millennials is my niche, though I do you know others as well. But you know those who are graduating from high school, colleges, and then uh, millennials is what I really um, because I love my millennials. You know, it's just they're going through a very difficult time right now. I mean, four point seven million millennials quit their jobs last month, not last year, last month. So they're going through a transformation as we're all going through a transformation this year. Right, right, right. Wow. And thank you. I mean, you kind of shared the advice for single parents is don't stay alone. Join the meetup, join the support groups. There are people out there compared to the 60s. We are now in the middle. We are not a single doubt anymore. We're light years ahead. I mean, you know, <laughs> I often say, you know, I'm not asleep to technology. Uh, my, my sort of mantra is technology doesn't rule me. I rule technology. And, you know, a computer doesn't care what you do, right? It's, you just turn it on and you can do something really bad or you can do something really good. And so literally as a single parent, you know, I want you to go to those groups. I would love for you to, to do them in person. I, I, I have a fair amount of clients that are single parents. And I had a young woman who was 19 years old. She got pregnant when she was 15 or 16. Um, changed her life. She became very responsible. Um, she dropped out of high school. So one of the first things we did is we got her high school diploma. So I think the second tool that I can offer single parents is not only find those support groups, but find those support groups that enhance your ability to be a single parent. I'm not saying that you're not going to date and fall in love again. I'd love for you to do that. But I think education is the tool in a very big way. My one when my one client said she never got her high school diploma, there are, and I'm not saying GED, because we were going to go that route, and we didn't because of technology. So now there are amazing high schools, and it's hard work, I'm going to tell you straight up, but there are high schools online that you can go to and do all the work online, 
and you get an actual high school diploma that's accredited. I know the top 10 high schools in the United States that do online teaching. And um, it took her two years to do it, but I'm gonna tell you something, my favorite picture of her is holding her high school diploma. And now because of that high school diploma, she went to college, right? And so what she's doing is, okay, I'm a single parent and she dates, don't get me wrong, but we all know single parents, the dating world out there, right? Because single parents will date. And then all of a sudden that man or woman finds out you have children. They're like, yeah, not so much, right? So we got to figure out where, where, where's our avenue and our lane in regards to dating. And so she at, you know, 19 and 20 is finding that, you know, she's like, well, I don't, I don't date anymore. I was like, well, why? No, no guy my age wants to be with a woman that's got children. And I was like, well, not necessarily. I said, we just have to you know, do a little bit more research in that. And so I think the second tool is just the education. Find something that you're very passionate about, right? If you don't particularly like your job or it's not bringing you the money that you need in order to fend for your children and your life as a single parent, the beauty is there's so many wonderful ways of getting an educational uh, degree. You can do it online. You don't have to leave your child. You don't have to leave your living room, right? And get that degree that's going to allow you to advance yourself. You know, that's the one, so not regret, well, it's the regret my mother had, right? She was, a, she inevitably became a secretary of the school of uh, elementary school and she loves kids and she did it for over 30 years and she was very good at it, but there was only so much she could earn in regards to her particular education based on being a secretary. It clearly didn't make ends meet. I'll be straight up on that, right? And so I say the second tool is that we have the technology to be able to get you the education so that you can be passionate. And then the other part too is, you know, the amount of jobs that you can do at home. So, you know, if you're trying to raise your kids at home and you're at home and, you know, at-home businesses are huge. There was no at-home businesses when my mother was raising us in the 70s. There wasn't at all, you know? I mean, you did, there weren't that many options. So, you know, I think uh, the, you know, the two biggest tools that I can offer, you know, as they come up in my brain is find the support, have a support group. I don't care how, meet with them on a weekly basis and continue to educate yourself on a daily, weekly basis create, use the education to create a better version of yourself. And I will say this to you, not only do you do that, but you do that. And what you do is you end up modeling for your children, what is possible, right? That's the thing that my mother did, right? I'm sitting in California in the beautiful sun, been living here since 1986. My mother never squelched our dream. She said, you can do anything. Right. And she always did. And she walked that walk and she talked that talk and she had that motivation. And um, when you do that as a single parent, don't think that your children aren't watching. They see everything. So then the question I ask of you is what actions are you creating in your life that will model a behavior that can be passed down to your children so that they can also become better versions of, of themselves as they become parents? Thank you. I think it's awesome advice, you know, to discover who you are and yeah, modeling, no matter how many times, like what you say doesn't really matter, but actually what you do, and even though you think maybe children are not listening, but they definitely do what you do, not yeah. what you well, say. Would, what you say always matters. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned also about your book. So what prompted you to write the Red Balloon book? Oh, my goodness. That's a story. So um, I'm an intuitive life coach. In fact, 
I'll give you uh, 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 my cell phone right now. I, I offer a complimentary, intuitive life coach reading to anybody that hears my voice. And so if you're listening and you want to have the most amazing intuitive reading about your life that will give you some strategies, it's completely complimentary. Um, you just have to text me at 760-835-3327. Um, and you can just text uh uh, free consultation, or I heard you on a arena's uh, podcast. I don't care what you do; just send it to me, and it'll be forty-five minutes to an hour, and it'll 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 blow your mind. I've become very very good at this because I've sought out mentors that have helped me enhance my particular abilities. So, the red balloon transforming your life, one inspirational story at a time, is going to be coming out uh, Mother's Day. Um, for those of you who are interested, we're going to do a special Zoom for all moms, single parents, all moms and their kids. You know, we're going to read chapters of the book. So if you email me, say, I want to be on your email list, you can. My email is brent at brentscarpo.com. I'm sure Arena will have it in the show notes. Um, but in 1995, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I had a intuitive feeling. I received a message. And I think, especially single parents, I think we're always getting messages from whatever particular angel or whatever you call your higher power, right? To help you get through what it means to be a single parent and or a human being. And so I got up at three in the morning and I got a message that my mother had cancer. Now I can either ignore that, right? Or I can embrace it. And I chose to embrace it. And so the following morning, without telling my mom about the dream, I asked her when the last time she had a physical. And she had said, well, five years ago when I moved from Pennsylvania to California, single parents, please listen carefully, especially my single mothers. This is how this works. Don't even debate me on this. You cannot take care of your children. You cannot take care of your daughter. You cannot take care of your son unless you take care of yourself. It just doesn't work the other way. Most single parents, my mother was one who did this, right? You give, 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 go, 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 iron, 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 feed, 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 work, work, work. And at the end of the day, maybe, maybe, but probably not, you'll do something for yourself. That's not how it works, ladies and gentlemen. It's a universal law. You must love and take care of yourself first so that you can love and take care of others. That is the universal law. And my mother didn't necessarily subscribe to that. So I whisked her to my doctor. We had all the tests that needed to be done. And sadly, as I received the message at 3.30 in the morning, they found a small spot on my mother's right lung. And she had lung cancer. Now, talking to the cancer specialist, had I not listened, uh, she would have passed in six months. But because I did listen, we had about two and a half years with her. So ironically, we're here in January. So January 13th in 1997, my mother turned 59. And then on January 20th, I turned 33. And then on January 26th, my mother lost her battle to cancer and she passed away. Now, my mother and I had an amazing relationship. We talked about everything. And so one of the things we talked about was life and death. What happens to you after you die? Um, if you want, you can see uh, a wonderful episode on the Today Show because I won a contest called Everybody Has a Story. And my story, The Red Balloon, became the eighth winner out of 100,000 entries. And so what my uh, story is about is how my mother and I proved that there is life after death. I won't give it away. I'll let you do a little research, go onto YouTube and put in Brent Scarpo, 
the Today Show. And you'll see this face, grab some Kleenex, just going to warn you, uh, and watch it. And my mother and I proved that there's life after death, that there is a heaven of some sorts. And so afterwards, I discovered that when you're on the Today Show and you've got a website and it's got your telephone number, people call you. Like a lot of people call you, <laughs> like three in the morning, two in the afternoon, six in the morning. And it was just crazy for about a month. And every third person kept asking me, hey, I'm on amazon.com. I can't find your book. Where is it? And I would just politely say, you know, I don't have a book. Thank you so much for calling. And then after like the third or fourth request, they're like, oh my goodness, I got to write. Oh, it's funny how the universe gives you what you need. The question becomes, are you going to listen? Because I don't want to write a book. I'll be straight up. I'm like, I don't, I got way too much ADHD and ADD to write a book. But that was the request. So it's taken me about 10 years, which I'm really glad. You know, I, uh, my friends who always complain to me, where's that book? I'm like, look, do you squash the grapes and drink it? Or do you let it ferment for 10 years and call it a bottle of wine? This is going to be the best bottle of wine you've ever tasted in your entire life. Just be quiet right so um it's uh it's it's been this amazing transformation so the thread of the book is um how my mother and i create a sign the red balloon hint hint that there is life after death but we also talk about all the wonderful things that my mother did as a single parent to help get her three children to this thing called life and so there's just the stories that i've shared with you so the story about uh the church that's in there um, and what I did about a year ago, because I, I thought I had it done, and I was like, it's not done. I know it's not done. So it's very simple chapters that tell various stories about, you know, my life with my mom and the wisdom that she, because my mother was way ahead of her time. And um, so now at the end of each chapter, there are life coaching exercises. So not only do you get a really good feeling about the story, but there's, you know, actual exercises that you can actively participate in to actually better yourself as a human being and that's all that it needed so now we have the book cover and um and uh we're sending it to the editor and then we're gonna have this mother's day uh, event and um yeah and then i'm gonna tour and hopefully be speaking and all that good stuff i love it i think it's amazing what you have created and i'm sorry for the loss of your mom and it's probably been very painful time for you but the fact that you listened to that intuition and you didn't like just rejected all this crazy stuff but you actually yes. listened to, because all, all the time we actually have answers inside of us and oftentimes we rely on others to tell us what it is and we don't listen to ourselves enough yeah so, i'll give you i'll give you an exercise right now I'll give everybody an exercise right now that will prove what you just said. Prove it, right? And I, I say this so many times to audiences and clients and such. So for all my single parents out there, or if you're not single, for all the people out there, but any people that are still in the dating pool, right? Let's just put it that way. A lot of single parents are in the dating pool. So, so often we've all dated, we've had those relationships, we've had that boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whomever, right, that we dated. And it'll be, you know, a month or six months or a year that you've been in the relationship. And then all of a sudden something went wrong, right? He broke up with you, you broke up with him, you had the fights, you learned things that you didn't think you knew about them, the real them came out. And that's not something that you want for yourself and your children, right? And then in, invariably, you know, when you when the dust settles, 
right? And then you sit down with your girlfriends to talk about that man or, or the guys sit down with the guys in the locker room or, or wherever or at the sales meet, wherever, and talk about that girl that, you know, just took six months of their life and became a horrible human being. Invariably, um, you say this, well, I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> what? Right? How many of you single parents right now are thinking of a relationship that you were in, that, that you dated somebody for a month or three months? Well, I knew. I knew it was going to work. Yes, you did. You knew. And what happens, and I, this is what I do when I work with clients with relationships, is that you ignore those red flags. You know those, those, um, those red signs, right? Because in the end, you go, well, I knew. I mean, in the first two weeks, he did this, but you didn't listen. And that is your intuition. That is your higher power. That's God, Buddha, Allah, I don't care what you call him or her, right? Telling you, you better get out. You better listen. You better hear me right? But we don't. And then we take advice of others, or then we don't listen to our heart, we listen to our head, right? Because then how many of you, how many of you out there, single parents, right? You, you got the sign, you said, well, he'll change, or she'll change. I can change him. You can't change anybody. I'm going to say right now, if you're over 18, ladies and gentlemen, nobody's going to change. If you go by the developmental uh, uh, hierarchy as defined by Erickson, right, we have pretty much formed our personality, wait for it, by the age of, are you sitting down? Five. Five years old, right? I taught kindergarten for two years. By five, your personality is already intact. There's nothing that's going to change that. You might have some environmental changes, but that's about it. So what makes you think you're going to change this guy at 32? What makes you think you're going to change this woman at, at, at 27? Not going to happen. Oh. So, but you ignore it and you allow your head to supersede your heart. And then all of a sudden it gets so bad that one of you has to leave. So that intuition, that voice is always inside of us. I think we were born to it. I think this is just when you watch the Today Show. I think when we transition and this fleshy stuff goes away i believe it's that voice that finally is released out of the world totally. that is constantly looking to get out but for whatever reason it's encapsulated in this little thing called flesh right and it's trying to get out it's trying to get out and as it tries to gets out it's telling you don't go out with him watch out for her I don't do this you better do that you better take this job don't take this job and you either listen or you don't yep <laughs> i know i know yes text me if, you, if any of you are hearing this and you go oh i know it's your exact uh, brand oh my gosh text me at 760-835-3327 we will do an intuitive reading for you and we'll even expand what we're talking about Thank you. I loved having you on the show. You oh, awesome. you're so wonderful, Rina. I hope, you know, when we, when the, when the book comes out, let's come out and we'll, we'll give yeah. away books and we'll do something. I'll, I'll let you know, but thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Yeah. And I will include uh, in the show notes, all of your contact links and the release of your book, which is amazing. So if for any listeners, definitely join Brent and celebrate this life after death because it does exist. And <laughs> inspirational stories so. absolutely thank you thank you so much thank you
If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset, and Support for Relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you, because you are limitless.